Two years ago, I moved here, and the first morning... Sat with me at breakfast. We got engaged. <laughs> Well, we've been together 44 years. And to be separated by anything is not the way I'd want to go. They raised the rent so much. We find a place to go. We get the keys in our hand. We're out of here. It's scary. Knowing that you're going to die. This is how it's done in the old folks home. In the old folks home, okay, just leave it with that thing. Creek, creek. Joining us today on Moving Radio is Dominique Keller. She has her documentary screening as part of Cuff Docs in Calgary and streaming online. Dominique is the writer, director, executive producer of the documentary Love, The Last Chapter. You can screen it, well, you can stream it at the Calgary Underground Film Festival uh, through calgaryundergroundfilm.org from November 24th to the 28th. And if you happen to be in Calgary, I suggest you catch it in person. Love, The Last Chapter will be screening at the Globe Cinema in person on November 24th at 7 p.m. It's the Alberta premiere, and here's the big one. Dominique, congratulations. It's the opening night film. That's always exciting. Very exciting. I've never had an opening night film. Wow, here you go. The first time for everything, I guess, right? No, I love a night like that because there's a little bit of energy, and especially because Cuff Docs, for the last two years, I believe, has been streaming exclusively online. So this will be nice to be able to have people at the Globe Theater to go check it out in person because I feel like this will read very well with an audience. Yeah, it's going to be, I, I haven't actually been to a movie theater in a couple of years, so it'll be very exciting to All see right. a movie. Bless your ability to stay away. Uh, I'm too much of an addict. I've been there when I deemed it safe. So <laughs> God, you're, you're a much stronger individual than I am, Dominique. Let's talk about Love, the Last Chapter. It's a portrait of three different couples in a Calgary seniors facility as they navigate the delights and the challenges of late in life romance. So we know a little taste about it, but maybe introduce our audience to some of the couples that you follow and give us a little setup as to where you were filming and how you kind of got into this project. The documentary, yeah, it's set at Silvera Aspen in Calgary. It's a facility that's located right downtown Calgary. There's about 200 residents that live there. I follow three couples. One couple is have been married for 40 years, and they are negotiating some late-in-life challenges together. Another couple is a new couple. They met at the seniors' facility, and that was a fun relationship to follow because they... Um, we're still in those early romantic moments of figuring each other out. The third couple I followed had met a couple years earlier at the same residence, and they were looking at taking their relationship to the next step, marriage, and potentially looking at making another big life change. 
did you have a connection already to uh, some of the subjects there? Maybe tell our audience about what was kind of your your in to be able to talk uh, to some of these couples in Love the Last Chapter. As part of the project, I actually went through Alberta Healthcare and I explained my project to the head of Alberta Health there. And, and eventually uh, that's how I found some connections at Silvera Aspen, which the people that manage that facility are amazing. And they invited me to come in and do some filming. Uh, I filmed for a few months, but I would just come in for a few hours in the day and just kind of film a little bit. And I really wasn't getting any traction. Nobody wanted to talk with me or share my story or share their story. And certainly that generation, it's an older generation, didn't grow up with social media, didn't grow up with sharing their lives online. So the idea of being a part of a documentary film was quite a big step for many people that uh, lived at the seniors residence. So myself and executive producer from the NFB, David Christensen, were chatting and I said, well, I'm not really getting anywhere. What should we do? And we came up with this crazy idea that I would move in. <laughs> Best way to be to connect with the community is to become a part of that community. So I got myself a room. I packed up my suitcase and my camera and set up camp there, moved into my room for a month. I ate all my meals there. I went to aerobics classes. I did bingo. I followed all the rules of the facility. I had to sign in and out when I left. I essentially um, turned my life over and, and had this bizarre experience that I would suggest everybody has, which is living in a senior's residence quite, quite a few years before it would be an appropriate experience. <laughs> Um, what I experienced there really changed my life. It was one of the most difficult things I've ever done as a filmmaker and also one of the most rewarding. I can remember my first night there. Uh, I, I honestly didn't think it would impact me at all. I just was unpacking my suitcase, sat down on my bed, and then I got ready to go to sleep. And then all of a sudden, like a, like a ton of bricks, it hit me like, I'm here. I turned my life over and and I, I actually was quite anxious. I, I had all of these crazy thoughts like, is my family forgotten about me? Is anyone going to visit me? Is this the end? And it really came out of nowhere. That, that moment, I think, was probably the most important moment for me in filming the documentary because it really helped me to understand on a deep gut level what it means to enter that last chapter of your life, to... Um, often people have to sell so much of their possessions, you give everything up, you move from a large house into a small space, and you become a part of a community. Whether you like it or not, you are living in community. That was what allowed me to make some friends. And I found the subjects of this documentary by every day I would switch tables. Some people wanted me to sit at their table, some people were quite happy for me not to sit at their table. And I discussed the project and asked people if they wanted to participate. And the three couples that I followed are the ones who allowed me to have deep access to their lives. And they also became uh, dear friends of mine. 
We're speaking on Moving Radio today with Dominique Keller. The film that we're discussing is the documentary Love, The Last Chapter. Uh, you can catch Dominique's film online, streaming at calgaryundergroundfilm.org from November 24th to the 28th. Or if you happen to be in Calgary, you can catch Love, The Last Chapter at the Globe Cinema as the opening night film on November 24th at 7 p.m. So you talk a little bit about this shift in your own personal way of framing a film like this, completely immersing yourself into the project in deciding to live there and deciding to try to uh, make closer connections with these people. So I guess the next step with that for you is that so how did you find that shorthand? Because you're right, the context of I share everything about myself is so different for these people and that they feel maybe deeply private about it. How did you kind of get to that point where it's not just about confessional interviews about how they feel about each other or maybe the lost loved ones they had or where they're at mentally? You really get into the conversations, the little kind of nuances of their relationship. How did you kind of broach that? in filming it? Because I feel like that might've been the most difficult final hurdle you had. There's different styles of documentary, as many people know. There's a very traditional documentary where you just sit down and you conduct interviews and ask questions. And certainly I've made many documentaries that way and they are much easier to make. <laughs> this film is an observational documentary, which means that I really just showed up and I tried as hard as humanly possible not to influence the story, but just to follow my subjects, whatever they were doing, what other, whatever conversations arose, and simply observe. That created a situation where in this film, you don't see those classic interviews. You're basically just listening to the people who lived at the seniors' residence, talking to each other, living their lives, as well as part of the film, I don't try to direct the audience or tell the audience what to think or what to feel. I very much want the audience to make their own decisions. And the reason for that is because seniors in society, they're not often portrayed in the media and often they are spoken for when they're portrayed in the media, especially you see that with the pandemic. So many interviews about what's happening in uh, seniors facilities. Very, very rarely do you hear a senior actually speaking about their own experience. And so this film turns that on its head and really attempts to allow these people that live in this lodge to tell their own stories, to share their own life. So there is no music, there is no narration, none of those tools that certainly I've used in the past and have helped me to tell stories. I'm not using any of them. And I believe the result is it does make the viewer uh, really feel what is it like to live in a senior's residence. It allows you to have this amazing opportunity, like the opportunity that I had, to feel to what it really would be like to live there and to understand what these relationships mean on a, on a very deep level. So that, that was the goal of the film, and I do feel that that comes through in the documentary. And I'm sure, you know, that translates through the camera, what you're feeling towards these people and the fact that you wouldn't be able to have that kind of access to them or that kind of comfort level 
unless you had created that relationship with them. So it, it does create a wonderful immediate shorthand for the audience to be let into their lives so quickly when really you're doing all the work for us, Dominique. You know, and, and there were so many moments that I felt like that. And it started right off the hop. I don't know if you want to talk about like the opening of the film and why you chose to start there as the beginning of your story. But I felt like that was the incredible, like immediate narrative hook for me that and every other like little conversation between people that were so incredibly intimate, or just like lying down together, right? Talk to us a little bit about maybe what were some of the moments for you um, with these couples that really resonated for you and made you feel like I know I got to where I wanted to go. This is the film that I wanted to make. It's those magical moments. I mean, that's what I had so many moments making this film. But as a filmmaker, what keeps me wanting to make films is that joy of storytelling and as a documentary filmmaker it's just not having control over what stories are going to unfold but listening and being present enough to recognize those moments when they're unfolding and certainly I had some amazing moments making this film I can remember one moment where Victor and Ruby and it's in the film and they're lying in their bed and talking about you know, being in the old folks home and this is God's holding pen. And it's just quite a, a fun, uh, very flirty, emotional moment between the two of them. And I remember filming it and then I just kind of had the camera and I, I felt like I was so present in their room, but I, so I just kind of slid down the wall and let the camera keep rolling. And I remember thinking to myself, this is a moment. I mean, you can feel it. This is a very real, intimate, moment and and it's those moments that push me through all of the other difficult moments of making films it's just I live for those little gems and I agree with what you had said before too because the context that we have for any kind of uh, long-term care or whether it is a senior's home like this the the frame of reference we have now is that it's always about like the danger of it, to be honest with you, and how difficult it has been to live there for a lot of the people in, and just how, how perilous it's been negotiating COVID for them. So I think that is maybe another reason why I really appreciated that too, in that you got to see the human side of these stories and, and you let these people um, give themselves over to the camera, which I thought was the most incredible part. Talk to us a little bit. You referred to before this idea of sound design and, and how you, you know, bleed out any idea of like a score that follows them and let it be the sounds around that place and the people. Talk to us a little bit about conversations that maybe you had with Chris Ferguson and Paul Shreve, your sound uh, design, and, and how this, how you felt like that was what we needed to do to enhance the experience for the audience uh, and also tell the story of these people. This documentary is very a classic observational documentary, and so it follows some of those um, beliefs or aims. And one of them is not to use this um, external music and to really allow the sound of the environment to come through. And the sound that resonance is so much about wheels rolling down the hall and um, the sound of people caring for one another or plates clinking or some of the more industrial sounds like what you hear in the kitchen with um, cups getting pushed through the industrial 
a dishwasher. And I really wanted to bring those sounds forward. And certainly um, that started with Brenda Turning, who's the editor, who's an amazing editor. And she really worked to pull those sounds out and to make sure that they were present in the documentary. And then after that, I did work with the sound design and we looked at how to really bring forward the sounds that were giving a feeling of the place. And so we, at the beginning, you have to capture it properly. And that was always a challenge for me because I shot the film and captured the sound myself. So that's always been a huge challenge to get that sound in camera. And so I was greatly aided by post-production on that as well, but I did my best to capture those sounds uh, while I was filming. That doesn't necessarily come off in that way, right? You know what I mean? Because uh, what you just explained there for anybody that doesn't quite get it, they're like, oh, that sounds fairly easy. I'm like that. What you're talking about is really difficult <laughs> to try and capture both those at the same time accurately. Um, it's like you're using like, you know, two completely different sides of your brains that want to go in different directions, probably. So, I mean, kudos to you for that, pulling it off and then in post also making it and sound as great as it does. The other thing that you just mentioned there is uh, you were talking about Brenda Turning, your editor that you worked with on this film, too. I'm, I'm curious about maybe the conversations that you had about composing this film when it comes to rhythm and pacing of the editing, because I think that dictates a lot of what's happening in the film, too. And trying to give each couple and balance those stories the respect that they deserve and, and how to link together those moments of intimacy between all those couples. I captured hundreds and hundreds of hours of footage. So it was just a mountain to climb when we first started to do the edit. And Brenda is amazing editor in that she just watches all the footage and allows it to wash over her. And then she has this ability to remember absolutely everything that happened. <laughs> it's like she was there. And then together we spoke about, well, what are the key themes of this film? What is at the heart of this documentary? And really I came to and her, we came to together that at the heart is that, you know, as we age, it's aging is a process of letting go. And certainly I'm experiencing that right now. I'm, I'm letting go of some of my physical abilities, even in my 40s. And then as you progress more, often you're losing close friends, you lose your parents, and then you move to a place where your career is suddenly wrapping up and then ultimately your home. And what it's left at the end of the day, once all of these things have left, what what is it that stays with us? What is it the last thing that we're all clinging to? And that's at the core of this documentary. I believe that that is love. Love is the most important thing. It's the thing that we will cling to right to the end. And you see that in the film is that these um, residents, as their lives have become more and more simple, and I don't, I just mean in terms of there's all less of these crazy things like what I'm worrying about every day, getting emails and <laughs> managing my taxes and whatnot. That need, that importance, that centrality of human connection becomes even more important. And that need for intimacy becomes even more important. And that's why this, this film is about love. And so we always kept that as our North Star, as our guiding light in this film. 
And all of the stories are centered around that idea of what does love mean in the last chapter of our lives? And how is it being expressed in how was I witnessing it as I lived in the residence and as I connected with the residence? I think you've done a fantastic job of articulating that in the film itself. Um, and I thought what it left me with is exactly what you were you were uh, trying to get at was this idea of hope that there is something beyond those doors. Because I think we can revisit them maybe and see our own grandparents there or anybody else that we know. But to truly like understand what it's like to live there or somebody that works there. I'm sure they see these relationships, but to be behind those closed doors and actually live those emotions through those people and their relationships, instead of just from a very much a distance to be inside those rooms with those people, I think was the most uh, monumental accomplishment of it and really makes this film sing. Uh, so I congratulate you for that. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You know, these days, you, you do hear so much uh, press around um, long-term care facilities, especially with COVID and often the, the narrative is very negative. And yes, uh, certainly so many things have happened in terms of um, COVID spreading in long-term care facilities. But then you speak to people and often it's like, this is the most horrible thing that could happen to my mother or myself or, you know, and we have this kind of story in our culture of that. Having lived there myself, I'm still on the fence. I, you know what? I would be probably okay to live in a long-term care facility now because there are benefits and I experienced benefits. I made some very good friends and I had human contact every day. And actually when I moved home, I missed a lot of those people and I missed that frequent contact that I had. So it's, it's a more complicated story than I think gets portrayed in the media in terms of um, this last chapter of our lives and, and um, what it looks like to live in um, seniors housing or in a long-term care facility, because it's, it's not a black and white story. And I definitely believe that as a society, we do need to look at solutions because we aren't a society where people are living with their families and um, or um, and also as you get to a certain age it is very challenging to live in your home by yourself so I do think it's really important for for this for us as a society first of all to think about what our own aging looks like and what it is we want and not to turn away in fear so so much which is what uh, so much of what I see happening. Dominique Keller has been our guest today on Moving Radio, the writer, director, and executive producer of the documentary Love, The Last Chapter. It is a peek inside the life that we are all destined to live at some point. You can stream it at the Calgary Underground Film Festival.org. That's right, the Calgary Underground Film Festival website from November 24th to the 28th. And if you happen to be in Calgary, you can catch it as the opening night film of Cuff Docs at the Globe Cinema in person on November 24th at 7 p.m. Congratulations on the film, Dominique. We really appreciate the time and this uh, really intimate look uh, behind the walls of a senior care center and, uh, and having the ability to be able to pull it off and make it such a genuine, sensitive film. Just out of curiosity, like I'm sure some of these people have seen it, right? Oh, How, yes. Yeah. What was their reaction when they got to watch it the first time? 
I've showed it to all of the main people that are in the film and yeah. uniformly it was like, yeah, that's my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Were they just so like, yeah, you pretty well no, got it. I mean, it. I, I was there, Dominique. So <laughs> I don't know what you think. Like you just made it shorter. <laughs> yeah. That's really what you did. I guess that's the best the best reaction you can get as a filmmaker yeah. is you're the person you film saying, yeah, that that was my life. Yeah, yeah. Well, they didn't leave angry. That's the most important part. They're like, you butchered me in the edit, Dominique. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want it to be uh, that. It's always stressful to show your film that way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much for your time. If you want to find out more about the film, uh, I guess uh, looking it up on the NFB website is probably the best place to go. And you can find out lots about Love the Last Chapter if you don't get a chance to see it uh, as part of Cuff Docs online or in person uh, because, you know, the film's not going away. It's going to be around. Uh, make sure you check it out. Dominique, thank you for your time. Thank you so much.